Chinga chow chang in the ching chow chang. You know. Here's what you missed last week, nerds. Some of it, uh, like visually, the artistry, the animation is spellbinding. Listen to the castle. It certainly is cataclysmic. I've never, I don't think I've ever used that word out loud. Let alone on a podcast, spellbind. Start using that word, though. Like, uh, sir, how are your pancakes? You know what? These banana pancakes are spellbinding. Wait a minute. Yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, there goes the dynamite. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right. There it is. Oh, the cutting edge radio. Oh my gosh. 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 Registered blasting. Hey, did we lose Bob? Do we have him? I was just yeah. talking to him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I changed the size of my damn screen. My dilemma for the past two shows. Well, maybe we can find a clip. size of the What's the uh? What's his username? Oh shit! I don't know, Bob. I was just on with him, and then all of a sudden, I just got yanked into this uh uh candelabra. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! You were just on with him, and then all of a sudden, you've got derailed into the smorgasbord, into this house of mirrors. You were lollygagging in paradise and gallivanting with the with the fancy free and the lighthearted. Like misogynistic. Oh, here he is. Ooh. Portrait. Ooh, regular Portuguese man of war. Frangible. I love the filter. Frangible. How like crappy it is. It like can't like catch up. It's like beer goggles. Uh, Some sidewinders. Zero room for error. Really, we are uninformed. Rules and regulations. Let's go, baby! If this man should fall... Let's go, baby! Who will lift the flag and carry on? I will. I'll see you at the fort, Thomas. Hey, you know what? No, I'm going to know my cousin. Fix! The hell's that from? Glory. Blasphemous, blasphemous, blasphemous. I just cream blasphemy all over my blasphemous. Blas. How many millennials out of 10 do you think have seen Glory? Oh, gosh. They knew it was good for them. All 10. If they didn't know it was oh good gosh. for them, if they don't, probably won because their older brother made them watch it, just like Johnny and me. And I'm like, John, you're going to watch this movie. He's like, I don't want to watch it. I was like, you're going to watch it, you little shit. You're going to appreciate it. Like when I used to take my little brother to the zoo. He wasn't really a zoo guy. And he'd be like, are we almost done? And I'd be like, we haven't even seen Bear Country yet. Like he hated it? Yeah, he's just like, uh, you're taking the same picture over and over of the same animal. And I'm like, you need to appreciate this. I need this. Ch- who's Chad Ross? Chad Ross is a pervert that lives on um, Paper Shark Lane. the adjacent. Oh my gosh. Did you see all the Instagrams I posted last night of you with like hats on saying like John's interested in your yeah, salad and all this? 
I was on a tear, man. You did what? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I posted you in all these Instagram stories last night. The Cutting Edge Radio. See. I saw. Well, oh, no, there no, 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 I didn't see any stories. Oh, I don't know if it was a story. There but... it is. Give me one There second. it is. Let's go, baby! God, greener. What am I doing? Oh, but I have a plan. Hashtag MAGA. Hold on, I gotta go to Arby's. I'll be back in 25 minutes. Oh, Arby's. Ooh, the roast beef with great. The tentacle porn debacle. We have the, the meat. tentacle porn debacle. For sandwiches. Why do they have to clarify that? Do you ever notice that's their new thing now? Oh, yeah. Roast beef. Sandwiches. They go, we have the meats. Zero for, for error. Okay. okay. What else? Fix! Bayonets! Shoulder! Arms! Give him hell, 54! What's that from? From Glory. Blasphemous. It's very blasphemous that you would say that. Tweet us at the underscore podcast, and we're live in the air with our long-lost friend who was recently found, the amazing grace man himself, the uh, the Tim Richmond of Atlanta, the gentleman of the South, man who walks up to the Southern people, punches them in the face, and go, what was it like losing the war, motherfuckers? Mr. Bob is back on the show. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great now with you guys. It's nice to see you. <laughs> great to see you guys. I'm glad we're all uh, supporting the Phillies here this evening. Yeah, I like it. I like your new throwback hat there with the bigger P. Uh, it's it's yours a, too. Dang, this is actually an old one. This is this hat was from the '80s. I got it at at the vet when I was like a kid. And I held on to it. Yours it's is probably my fifteenth fitted Phillies hat. No, yes, it's mine's not current fitted. logo. It's crap. Probably mine as well because I've lost mine in a bunch of drunken escapades and uh, oh yeah, you know, snatching them around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so the question, Bob, that the world as tonight is the accuracy of the film Apollo 13. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it I accurate uh, as a man who knows the, the, the Apollo program more than most? Is the film an accurate portrayal of the events, uh, the digest at hand? For the most part, <laughs> it is. Uh, however, like in the initial scene where they, they're in orbit around Earth and they launch to the moon, you know, they not launch, uh, they, you know, <laughs> The translunar injection, Jesus. where they leave the Earth's orbit and they start going towards the moon. It shows the moon right in front of them, and they're facing the moon, which is not the case. The moon is going to be way over to the other side because it's orbiting the Earth. So you're going to oh, put right. yourself in a position to meet the moon where it's going to be when you're ready to do that translunar uh, so injection. It's not as accurate. Um, oh, so question. it's not a plot hole. It's just a scientific flaw. Yeah, and, and it's a uh, it's a oh. yeah a piece of information uh, that you know nerds like me pick up on, oh. but not really applicable to the storyline in terms of. Mm. <laughs> when they're going to the uh, the dark side of the moon, the far side of the moon, um, Jimmy Swaggart, uh, Kevin Bacon's character, says over the radio, "I'll see you on the flip side." Oh, oh my um, gosh. That's a reference to records, at the, like record, like you know, yes. the flip side. Okay, I was curious about yeah, that. Yeah, right. Because I, I, I was thinking about that, and I was like, Bob yeah, would know right. the genesis of that term, the flip side. Is that from a record, like the flip side, yeah, the he, side? And he was he was a bachelor at the time, obviously. In that movie, you can tell. Uh, yeah, he's, he's looking, getting oh. with a woman in the shower uh, when they call him to tell him, you know, you're, it's still you're on the mission. Up. Yeah, and he wow. goes, wow. Um, yeah. But really, really a cool, really a cool film, though. And I haven't seen it in a number of years. 
And uh, I thought about you, obviously, and it's really amazing. Do you know the next time a man went on the moon after that uh, mission? Obviously, they didn't make it to the moon on that, but was there another time? <laughs> that was in April of 1970. I think the next mission was they had to fix the problems with the oxygen tanks in the uh, command tanks. module. Okay. Yeah. Did you look at the fucking gauges when you stirred the tanks? Look, if I was in that seat, I'd stir the tanks. Um, yeah. But a really interesting movie, though, and do you think uh, – Tom Hanks nailed it as uh, yes. Lovell. As Jim Lovell, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, it's pretty cool when they land on the uh, when at the end, the very end of the movie, when they're on the flight deck of the ship, when they're shaking oh, hands with uh, the guys on the ship. The admiral that Tom Hanks shakes hands with is actually Jim Lovell. No shit. Yeah. Oh wow. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. That's so, pretty cool. But yeah, it is a good flick, and uh, I was really watching it. And you got to think about the pressure these guys are in. Not only are you like isolated in this chamber, and a pretty primitive chamber compared to today's technology, for six days or whatever. But then all these problems happen. I mean, well, yeah. you could be really screwed pretty badly up there. That's well, kind of wait a minute. Out. Oh, absolutely. It was the success. Wait started. a minute. You know, they uh, they they went to the moon. They weren't able to land on it. And that's when, you know, when Jim Lovell realizes that they have to, like, shut off some of their uh, auxiliary power units on the command module. Yes. That's when he says, yeah, right. gentlemen, we just lost the moon. Yeah, it was humbling. Yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. Another really amazing. I don't know if you guys saw First Man about uh, Neil Armstrong. No, I haven't. It, uh... I there highly it recommend is. it. It's a it's a really really good movie, and it's totally from his point of view. And it's I would rank that ahead of Apollo thirteen. And wow, my, uh, boner. Yeah, you wrecked it, man. It's pretty impressive. First yeah, man. Be good. it's way ahead of Apollo thirteen. Oh Starring gosh. who? Oh my gosh, uh, Gosling. Ooh, sexual. Oh, dreamy. And the, uh, yeah, oh, something for the ladies. Oh, there goes the dynamite. Make the panties wet. I remember yeah, seeing that when it came oh, out. Oh, there goes the it dynamite. Really good, but I was worried it was going to be like too Hollywoody, you know, like, okay. We, I was too, yeah. Titanic, you know, like what I thought when that came out. There's a lot of him with his wife because it, it is, you need to keep in mind as you're watching the movie, it's not about the Apollo 11 moon landing. It's about Neil Armstrong. Right. So went through. And his daughter, oh. when she was three and a half years old, died of brain cancer in oh. the early 50s and uh, early 60s. And uh, he that just is. went through. He And they also do like a good sequence in the opening of the movie, which is flying the X-15 experimental aircraft that, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool. That's and he like, shit bounces off the atmosphere and you know, he's gotta cut the thing around and make it back to the landing strip. But it's uh, it's really good. And and in Apollo eleven, the first landing on the moon, they yeah. actually when they landed. So you're talking about, you know, three American heroes coming back, just had a successful mission, they splash Let's down go, the ocean, baby! and the capsule flips over. They were upside down for a period of time before the rescue the the extraction crews could get there. So yeah, I was wondering about that too. Once they once they touch down in the water, what's the time span between when the extraction cr- crew come in? Because in the movie, it's like in a second because you have to make like the story go on. Yeah. But I'm wondering, yeah, like, right. how long were they there for? Because they could have landed anywhere. It's not like they just well, pick a spot. It, it depends on where you hit, you know. And they didn't have a whole lot of control of that because you know that they're coming really in. Really good movie. Not even, 
Yeah, yeah, how does that work? When you're coming in, let's just say, I know the technology is advanced now, but let's say it's 19, you know, 69, 1970, you're coming in. How do you pinpoint like where you're like how much accuracy do you have of where you're landing? They know with the Earth's rotation <laughs> when they're coming in from uh, coming in from the moon. The, the Apollo capsule, the shuttle entered the atmosphere doing about 17,500 miles an hour, 5 miles a second. And Speedy the, Gonzales. The Apollo capsule will come in at about 24, 25,000 miles an hour would actually oh hit on the, the, the blunt end of it and then flip over and bounce off the atmosphere a couple times to bleed off speed and then just dive into the atmosphere. Holy wow, that's they, insane. They would hit about nine coming into the atmosphere because they're slowing down that hard. That's why it's like it looks like oh it's on gosh. fire when it's coming down. because it's it just... it, And it's not on fire. It's a plasma trail. It's because it, it ionizes and... And basically the atoms, the neutrons and the electrons and uh, what the hell are the things that protons, the protons, I'm not sure. Yeah, whatever. The nucleus, they amoebas, parallelogram, protozoa. And literally the, 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 the fire around them is hotter than the surface of the sun. That's oh my insane. Gosh. What? Oh my gosh. Just yeah. outside their windows oh is hotter than the surface of the sun. Because oh they're gosh. going so fast, the little molecules oh like... So, Burst. Think of yourself. You're, you're Buzz You're Neil Armstrong. Star you're Michael Thompson. Oh, there goes the dynamite. You just landed on the moon. You you guys are going to be American heroes. And yeah. wait a minute. In the water, your capsule flips over. You have no idea where the extraction crews are, and you're floating in the ocean. So you can imagine these guys probably got sick. So they're probably taking their helmets off and throwing up in them. Oh, oh yeah, you're, you're like bobbing up and down underwater. Yeah. Like that's yeah. Wouldn't yeah. that be a funny <laughs> movie? Just the two-hour wait. Like you could write a really good script for like a two hour like back and forth like waiting for the rescue team like we're heroes we did it we did it like an hour into it what holy fuck this, this is becoming budget. not worth it anymore you, just yeah, and you can't it, blow the hatch you can't do anything because then the capsule sink and it's uh, so low budget it's just the camera moving up and down it's not even like they're in like a good set they're just like in a room and they're like whoa we're underwater yeah. Um, I watched three movies this week, Bob, that made me think of you because we touched on these in shows past, and that was uh, Chappaquiddick, okay. Apollo 13, and then I watched W again, which is a satirical film. I started watching But there is some good <laughs> spots. Uh, what what uh, scenes in there? John, you started watching it? Yes, on your recommendation. What do you guys make of that? It's obviously a, a satirical piece. It's not a accurate historical depiction, it's, but, but there are some cool scenes in there. What do you, uh, what do you think? Early in the early going, um, I've found that it probably is realistic the way that they're depicting Bush. Like he was dumb, but there was also things where he was kind of like strangely intelligent with. Um, I can't remember what. Oh yeah, he remembers like every frat guy, every frat brother's nickname, like their full name and their nickname. Remember that scene where he just starts rattling yeah. them all off. And the nickname, and they're all like, yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, my God, he remembered everybody. Uh, so I'm not that far into it, but I like. I, I think he just quit that, like, construction job. He was, like, in the trailer, like, drinking water, right. and the boss is like, get the fuck out there. He's like, nah, I think I quit. On the oil rig, yeah. So what do you I, make I like of it, so Bob? What's your, what's your, uh, I'm curious in your, um, your potato salad on this one. I think early on in the movie, they play up the rift between him and Daddy Bush, uh, H. H. Bush, uh, to be a bit more than it really was. Great cast, by the way. I don't think that was uh, as much as it was. Um, Get out there and be a man. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, right. W uh, and I kind of, you know, my God, would we wish for a guy like George W. Bush to be our president right now? I was thinking the same thing last night. I thought, you know, you had a, I, I like George Bush. I know, I know he had flaws, but I, I like him. But I think a lot of people gave him a lot of shit, and it's like, you know, you would take that now over the president we have. Most he, people would. Yeah, and they cartooned him up a little bit in that movie, and Hollywooded up a little bit. Hundred percent. That's Oliver Stone. That's what Oliver Stone did with uh, the movie JFK. Hashtag MAGA. Um, so there, there was <laughs> yeah, uh, and Alexander. Lot, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of uh, you know Hollywood stuff going on there. Right. Um, so you kind of kind of have to like meter it and mediate it and measure it in terms of uh, that. But uh, George W. Bush uh, was, I think, a, I think he, no, he is. He's a great man, and he had the best interests yeah. of our country in mind. And even though he made some bad decisions, I think he made those decisions with the best interests of us in mind. Uh, I agree, and that's that's what I think separates him amongst many things from our current president is. Uh, Trump does things for himself or his base to for propaganda. Exactly. Bush might not have made some of the best decisions, but I truly believe he's an earnest man, a good man that did those with the testicles, best interests testicles. of the country in mind. And yeah, he, history will judge him favorably in the, in the big scheme. I think so. I think so. He's not going to be one of our best presidents, but he certainly rose to the occasion. Yeah. Uh, uh, horrible time. I mean, that, that scene with him with his arm around the fire chief – on top of a crushed fire truck oh, yeah. four days after 9-11 where he said, you know, uh, the people who are not down the buildings are going to hear from all of us really soon. I mean, like, my God. Could you imagine Donald Trump doing that? He's not no, I know. He would never do that. And, and there was another story I read about about W. Um, I call him W now. I received a letter from him this week, so I, I consider him a close you're, uh, you're, confidant. You're, 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 you're a – of, uh, You're VIP. pen pals, basically. Uh, we're pen pals. I'm writing him back saying, uh, here's some baseball cards. Do you want to trade? I have a Texas Rangers one. No, but uh, there was another story I read about W where he went to go visit an injured vet that was an uh, injured active duty soldier that was wounded, and the president saluted him, and he held his hand up. Uh, as you, If listeners are not you know, familiar with how the military works, is you salute yeah. the higher officer, and they salute you back. But, but yeah. Bush saluted this guy. And this guy was so injured that he could only lift up his hand very slowly. And Bush kept his hand in, you know, the salute form until this guy reached it, which was like a very humbling thing to read about. The president, yeah, the most right. powerful man in the world, doing that to a soldier. Yeah. Christ-like almost. Yeah, so it was Bush, very um, good like that. Bush had a – he was very well-grounded. He was very good like that. And he really cared about – the men and women of our armed forces and, and yes. knew, what, knew what he was throwing them into. And unfortunately it didn't turn out very well, but he, uh, he was, he's a good man, a good man. And I remember during the debate between him and John Kerry in 2004, I guess it was. And Kerry was going off about, um, you know, we need to get out of Iraq and it's a waste of a time and a waste of a mission, this and that. And Bush's response wasn't, you know, well, there's weapons there. We need to do this. His response was, what kind of message is that saying to our troops that are there right now that their mission is pointless? And I thought, there's a, there's a guy that has the best interests of these young men and women think. in mind by saying, look, you know, what is that saying to our troops? Like, this is a guy that cares. Yeah. They're not expendable. <clears throat> yeah, in a situation like that where, we're, uh, unfortunately, we got into the nation-building business, um, which is unsustainable in the Middle East working against thousands of years of uh, cultural civilization, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, the, they're, right. they're, we're never going to, we're never going to reinvent their culture. Um, 
but you can't you can't do that to uh, our men and women in uniform and expect to uh, gather uh, any type of support for yourself on that. And that's uh, not just for yourself, but just you know, be able to 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 push them up and and have them complete their mission because that's it. it. That's, that's it. They're they're that's their mission, and they're the ones getting their asses shot at. So they're the most important thing out there at that point. If you're the commander in chief and you have troops downrange, yes. Uh, they're the most important thing on your plate. A hundred percent. You took the word right out of my mouth. shine. Uh, Bob, yeah. we, uh, we've had you on a lot. We always love having you on. We wish you'd come on more. Uh, I, I want to ask you, what do you want to talk about tonight? Usually we kind of throw things upstairs. your way and just nail it without any warning. Or uh, is there anything that's that's tickling yeah, we'll your we'll whipped cream tonight that you want to get off your plate? <laughs> well, uh, the – we kind of talked about the movie first man with Neil Armstrong. I just saw that recently. That's kind of top of mind in the Apollo program and all that stuff. Uh, and, uh, jeez. Oh. So is, what, a, is it, is Neil Armstrong? Is it like, uh, or first man? Is it like how he gets chosen? Is it like, you know, Ned Stark being asked to be hand to the King? It's everything. Do it, it starts in the with basement. Him. It starts with him. He was really an academic low key kind of guy. It starts with him in the X-15, which was an experimental space plane. The first, some yes. of the first astronauts uh, were X-15 pilots because they went over 60 miles high. It was yeah. a blue plane. Yeah. Well, it turned black after they went through the atmosphere. Yeah. Wait a it minute. Was a black plane. It was. <laughs> Wait a second. How? But, why? Why does that happen? Because they Radical. literally they, they dropped them off the side of another airplane. They would unhook them. And this thing would hit its engines for about three minutes, four minutes, and fly from 40,000 feet to, Jesus, like 450,000 feet. Jimmy Cricket. And Wait a minute. No control. And you're talking it's Mars. Europe. So when you get to 450,000 feet, there's there's no aero control. Oh, you're you're literally know. just at the mercy of what the hell that thing's going to do. And it, it killed a few guys. I'm um, sure. I mean, how fast is that thing going? Uh, they got, they got it up to like Mach 7, Mach 8. Wow. I thought you were going to say right. like Mach 3, Mach 4. It's a, it's a Mach. That's, uh, that's, uh, the, the, it's the a drunken speed. Irishman that goes, Mach. Yes, exactly. That's what it is. No, that's, uh, <laughs> times one times, you know, whatever, 740 miles an hour, the speed of sound. Check so Mach facts. 1 is, Holy so you're talking Mach check 7, they're moving. It's like light speed in real life. These guys saw like the curve of the earth and, you know, Neil Armstrong actually bounced off the atmosphere in his flight. And he Wait had a couple a flights minute. on it. And one of his flights, he actually was coming back in and then bounced off the atmosphere. And what does that mean? I didn't think the atmosphere was like a solid that you could bounce. There was like particles and beams. When you have an aircraft coming in like that. Protons. Lasers. An aircraft Lasers. coming in with wings, you, you will go in there, it'll start to heat up and friction builds up and it actually glowed. Let's go, uh, baby! Going so fast, hitting the air, it, and and if you're not at the right attitude, you'll just pop right off of it and keep doing that until you bleed some speed off. It's amazing. the The X-15, I believe, so preceded NASA when it was. Oh, we're both Guardians drinking the light. Galaxy. It, shit. When it was Ooh, when it was called NACA. Clementine Cush. Before NASA, it was called NACA. I think. I'm not even sure about that. I, I don't even know. But, like, the X-15 program was under NASA. 
It was a, a it was under NASA. Okay. Yeah, but it was it was kind of also run by the Air Force too. It was kind of like a, dick on it. a joint thing. I'm curious to get your NACA was the uh, National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. I guess that preceded NASA as a establishment. It was more of an advisory panel, and then they're like, yeah. Uh, they're just going by some loose uh, information I know, but then they're like, oh, we have like substantial programs we need to get going, and then NASA was formed, which is a very, in my opinion, a very uh, unappre- uh, underappreciated organization um, in recent years. Uh, not not by buffs or the government or anything, but just by the general public. I think NASA used to be more no in the idea. public spotlight, and it should be. I think it will be back in there, but um, it's kind of amazing what they're doing. People, People don't like, realize well, what are all they the doing? stuff they do they're, year They're round. going out of space. That's all they're doing. I mean, what are they, they doing up there? The they're not doing anything. Right. Like, yeah, we don't have iPhones <laughs> because of them. You look at the evolution of the space program, and kind of Neil Armstrong was in it. In the beginning, he wasn't a Mercury astronaut, which were the first seven astronauts. You know, only six of them flew into space. Deke Slayton, the seventh one, had an inner ear problem uh, uh-huh. and wasn't clear to fly yeah, after right. a little while. Dork. He eventually flew back in the 70s. Oh, but, uh, oh you, nice. And the whole goal yeah, right. from Mercury, Gemini, yeah. and Apollo was going to the moon. The whole goal was to get to the yeah, moon. Yeah, right. So they also cover in this movie where Neil Armstrong, he, was, he, was a, he came in during Gemini, which was basically – you see the small capsules that they used to fly in back in the day, yeah. not the hollow capsules, but the black ones that they used to fly in. Like they were tiny. Size, yeah, the basic size is like a VW bug, and two guys are crammed into that thing. Neil Armstrong went up, uh, and his this mission. Is Gemini, right? Gemini, yes, Gemini. Okay. Gemini, uh-huh. and he's actually, uh-huh. uh, you know. They, they had to dock with this unmanned vehicle up in space to prove because to get to the moon, you're going to have to dock with the lunar lander. So they had to prove that you can dock in space and make the two spacecraft oh, right. to each other. Oh, my. Why did they have to do that for Stars. a power connection to re- refuel? No, uh, just because the to get into space, they the, the 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 plan they drew up was, you know, we're going to have a command module and a lunar module. The lunar module lands on the moon, comes back up, docks with the command module, you know, and you dock with the lunar module. Uh, and then we I throw the lunar module away, and the command module comes back to Earth. That's the capsule. Oh, nice. So, Capsule's the, oh. the, the smaller Gemini projectile you're talking about. Yes, and in Apollo, same thing. Apollo was just the capsule. That's all that came back. Right, they, that you see in the, uh, the film. The lunar modules, they jettisoned, and they crashed into the moon uh, when they were Where? done. And how did they get the, the modules back up there? Just uh, propulsion? Yeah, yeah, they had basically a two-stage system where they landed the lunar module on the first stage. Propulsion. Neil, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, basically the autopilot was taken to a, a football stadium-sized crater with cars the size uh, – cars – boulders the size of cars. Is that and, the Sea of Tranquility? Oh, there goes the dynamite. Yes, they look down. They're about 100 feet over the surface, and they look down. They're like, we can't land there. So Neil Armstrong takes manual control takes it off the autopilot and flies it just over the lip of the crater with three seconds of fuel left. Oh three my gosh. Violated all NASA protocols to put that thing in the moon. As soon as oh he, my took gosh. he could have injured the crab. Oh my gosh. Well, not just that, but I think, I think his goal was we're here. I'm going to put this thing down. Yeah. No matter, even if it oh kills us, like, let's just like, get down. It's like oh a dad gosh. taking his family to grand Canyon and it starts to rain. And it's like, you know, we're here. We're going to get out for a second. And take we're a going, you're going to You're going to like it. Right. Like there, it's a flat it's tire. One tires ripped off the wheel completely. It's like, no, we're only a mile away. Driving, driving for eight hours. 
So that's what they did. And then, uh, but with the Gemini program, Neil Armstrong flew on on one of those missions where they had to practice docking with an unmanned vehicle so they could see. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, they so they practiced docking and they docked with this unmanned vehicle that had launched two hours before they did. And wow. suddenly, suddenly they start. They're sitting there, and you know they're high fiving after they docked, and you know they're on the same. They're on the backside of. Uh, back then, you didn't have satellites, so they had to pick these guys up on tracking stations on the ground in order to communicate with them, and they would throw that over to Houston then, um, so they could talk to the astronauts. And they were in. Wow. So they had blackout periods of you know several minutes, and during one of the blackout, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, several hours, several days, <laughs> several years. So they start. They realize. Yeah. They realize they're starting to rotate. They're looking at their gimbals and their instruments in the cabin, and they're starting to rotate. And actually, they started to flip so fast that they were going to pass out. Um, and Neil Armstrong uh, kind of saved. Keep it back. together. Brains yeah. turning into spaghetti. Oh, I'd be puking all like over and pooping. That's like pooping and pu- puking. That's when you realize that. <laughs> NASA really picks these guys really well because they have the metal to deal with this kind of crap in space and not panic because they were literally 30 seconds away from completely passing out. You have to be. You can't take a gamble with with human life and with the money going into the program and the the reputation of the United States. I mean, those guys really are trained. Yeah, they were rotating at two times a second. That's how fast they were. Wow. Rules and regulations. Genus and and tried to get control of it and had to... Yeah, the control thrusters that are used for landing. So then they, you know, that's the, insane. What is the genus? That was the Falco, man. Do- You're gonna get Nick and right That was the unmanned docking vehicle that they were with. Yeah, yeah did, actually, did one the of the Gemini was stuck down. One of their thrusters was stuck on that was spinning on. That's crazy. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of uh, information going on at one time during yeah. a launch and and in space. There's so many like. Programs and what's the word? Not not information. Uh, factors and uh, variables. 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 Daniel Faraday. There there's it is. So many. <laughs> there's so many variables going on every second that like the systems check and the control. It, it's just Frangible. mind blowing to pull something like that off. Like I have trouble organizing. Like, hey, let's get together and do a podcast tonight, or you know, really, we are or, uninformed. You know, anything. <laughs> to, to pull that off is is a is a work of its own. Even in like a simulator uh, scenario, it's insane. I it's just, amazing. I just can't get over how kabooming. the Earth is moving. So wherever they shoot from, they have to aim in another direction. It's like wait uh, a minute. It's like they're a quarterback throwing where no one is, but they know eventually the receiver is going to land where the ball is, and they're going to go there oh at the gosh. same time. Well, the yeah. reason why they launch on a massive global scale, literally, <laughs> literally. The reason they launch from Kennedy Space Center is because it's closer <laughs> to the equator, and they actually use the Earth's rotation to throw, oh. you know, them into orbit to a certain extent because we're oh. moving at like ten thousand miles an hour right now. We just don't know. We don't feel. Oh my gosh! Right, right. we so, don't know because of the spinning. scale. We're like so a, we're like the a axis. They throw themselves into orbit. That's what the space shuttle did. That's what everybody did. Uh, that's what all the rockets did. And that's how we. That's how we deal with that. And Bob the computers did, handle right. a lot right. of the, you know, 
checking all the systems constantly and you know it'll alert yeah. the, the the astronauts to you know oh something's wrong here something's wrong here and then Facials you know, upstairs. start problem solving we're talking about analog systems for the most. It's not like, oh, we'll just save this data and like pull it up on a on a cloud. It's like really. Yeah. Oh right, no, please. it's really primitive. The first, uh, it's amazing. It amazes me that uh, we even got to the moon because you have a million times the capacity on your iPhone than the lunar module did that landed on the moon. Right. I mean, this Same. thing, this thing couldn't. And even in the space shuttle then in the seventies, you, when you take an iPhone picture. The iPhone picture that you take is more memory than all of the five general purpose computers on the space shuttle ever had. They couldn't even see pictures. Oh my gosh. And and that was a fly by wire machine. So so if those computers went out, you ain't flying. Oh my gosh. You're not going anywhere. Oh my gosh. You're not going to make the runway. You are not going to make the launch. You're not going to, you know, it's going to go really, really bad. Oh my gosh. Did did the Mercury program precede the Gemini? The rest yes. of the team will Mercury be there in was two our years. First foray into space. Oh. Okay. So the first manned or the first uh, machine into space, the first vehicle was the yes. Mercury program. Good. It was unmanned, right? Yeah. No, there no, no. Well, the first time we could have beaten the Soviets <laughs> into space for the first time. Yuri Gagarin flew Wait up a there minute. in like either late March or early April of Fucking commie. We just lost the moon. We, we could have. <laughs> We could have beat him there, but NASA was too scared to launch a, a live astronaut in the Mercury capsule, so they launched a monkey. Fuck you and your white privilege. Instead, uh, the astronaut pissed as hell at this. And the yeah. first flight, Yuri Gagarin yeah, orbited yeah, the yeah, Earth yeah, on his yeah, first yeah. flight. Our first two flights of the Mercury program were up and down, 15 yeah, or yeah, 16 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Is that John Glenn? A ballistic trajectory. No, it was Alan Shepard and then Gus Grissom. John Glenn was the That's first crazy. man to actually orbit the Earth, and he had to fly the Atlas rocket, which had a 30% success rate on launch. Oh, oh my gosh. That's almost a, uh, a death oh, oh my gosh. right there. Pretty That's much. A, yeah, they thought. All star in baseball. Yeah. That's not a Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So the Gemini program, the, I'm sorry, the Mercury program was the first foray into space. Yeah. Um, and Shepard was the first guy in space. And that was the first guy, his flight was 16 Check minutes long. He went up 115 miles, never orbited the Earth, came down and splashed down in the Caribbean. So oh. it was like uh, Charlie in the Great Glass Elevator or something. Pretty much. It just kind of yep. went up and down. Yeah. Did they, and the first man to orbit the, the, the Earth's atmosphere, obviously, was John Glenn? Yes, John Glenn, three orbits, and then he came down. Uh, maybe we can what find was a Apollo port. 10 uh, before Apollo 11? What was their, like, Apollo Apollo 10, basically, they did almost like a mock landing on the moon, where they oh. went to the moon, they did translunar injection, they orbited, oh. they, they took off uh, the Trans. lunar module, the command module, you have one guy staying in the in the command module, two guys in the lunar module, and <laughs> they went down within 50 nautical miles of the surface and just kind of like hovered there. And it was like NASA, a test run, a, a yeah, much more NASA important knew, test run. NASA but. knew that they these guys you know, might get a little squirrely. They only put enough fuel in the lunar module to go down 50 nautical miles and then come back up to the command module <laughs> in case these guys actually wanted to like try to put it down. It said in, in case they wanted to be cowboys. I'm like, well, fuck it. We're exactly. Doing it. Because they are cowboys. These That's were, actually pretty these, smart. These were fighter pilots. Like, oh, yeah. No. You put them in the top aircraft or top anything, you know, top machine that they can fly, they're going to try to take it to its limits. So those guys might have tried to put it down, even though, you know, avoid, you know, avoiding the flight plan. It's like taking your, your dad's Ferrari out for the weekend when he's not around. And you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to put this up as fast as I can for a rip on the highway. You're not going to have restraint like that. If you're in that kind of, that kind of vehicle. Because traveling into outer space is just not enough. 
we're already there, and these guys are literally 50 nautical miles down from the surface. They're floating. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like orbiting the moon 50 nautical miles and looking at it, checking out the landing spots. And, you That's know, insane. if they put enough fuel in it, maybe, hey, let's, let's give this a go. Bob, would you rather be one of the gentlemen that's in the first early programs in space to have that kind of recognition? Let's say you're the first man in space, or would you rather be one of the guys on the moon landing? That um, who's the guy that didn't land on the moon? Oh, I don't know. Jim Lovell. Or Lovell. Uh, no, no, and, and Apollo Ten. Eleven. The, the cutting oh, edge Apollo radio. 11, uh, Michael Collins was in Collins. The would you cutting rather edge be John radio. Glenn or Michael Gary Collins Sinise. in that situation? <sighs> It's I'm gonna Kaboom show Man. how much of a pussy I am here and say I'd rather be Michael Kaboom Collins because I would too. Because you're I'm there. Not sitting, I'm not sitting on top of uh, the rocket that John Glenn set on point to go on orbit. It was a was it a Titan rocket? No, it was uh, an, an Atlas rocket. Atlas. Titan is a is a fly it today. rocket too, right? Yeah, yeah. The Titan, Titan too? was a ballistic missile, and that's what actually Gemini flew on the Titan ballistic missile rocket. Okay. I mean, these guys—they weren't—they weren't reinventing anything. They just had to design the capsule. They plunked it on top of it, and these guys are flying ballistic missiles into space until they actually came off the Apollo ballistic. program and the Saturn V rocket that took us to the moon. Because you're, yeah, you're, you're, you really are flying on a ballistic missile into space. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about that. You're not on a 747. Uh, yeah, which these days is probably more dangerous given the the history. Oh, 737 might be because of the software involved and the pilot software. Yeah, Boeing, they gave Boeing too many. That's another thing in the news, the 737. They gave Boeing too much of a their own clout to kind of do what they wanted. Yeah. And that, now the dangerous. fleet is grounded. Yeah, that gets a little dangerous there. And you need and to, uh, that's a, die. yeah, that's when planes crash and, and people die. And plane crashes are very rare, um, extremely rare, given the amount of flights per day. It's almost, what is it, like 0.0001% of a large oh. number of crashes. Yeah, you're going to get killed in your car more likely than you are to die in a plane. Right, and it's but it's Check safer to crash in your car than it is a plane. And it, if you crash in a plane, a more. Yeah. But flying is still the safest means of travel. And <clears throat> to ground a whole fleet of 737 shows like... That's that awesome. was, that was some knee-jerk. People fucked up. Yeah. That says something. I mean, even though you have thousands of these planes flying, but you want the pilots to be comfortable, and I think there were some... What really, not just the crashes, obviously the crashes played into into effect, but the the pilots who expressed concern about the training they got on the new software and in terms of, you know, how they can control the plane and do certain things, that's that was the tipping point. Yeah, it's and it's very scary to think about the um, the kind of things they let Boeing kind of get away with not that they're they're this evil tyrannical let's fuck you're gonna do this but they kind of like skipped a lot of the red tape and were like ah, it's boeing give them kind of a little bit extra that, rope they pushed this software out and they gave it to the pilots and they were trained on it using an ipad for like a couple hours and they're flying 737s with you know over 100 people on those planes so i wouldn't feel very comfortable with that if i was uh doing that no yeah, that's... i wouldn't feel comfortable either yeah um, if you're going to Arby's tonight and you're hungry, anybody, you might want to look at the person and say, feed us. But if you're listening to Bob here on the podcast with Nerd35, or I should say History Hour, then you can tweet us. Dick us. Uh, shifting gears here, in um, three more weeks, Bob, we have on uh, April 12th through April 13th was the start of the Best. Civil War, the American Civil War, uh, sure. the Battle of Fort Sumter. 
Um, and we've, we've touched on this. We've uh, scratched the nannies on this one before. Um, but do you Let's think, because I've always felt like Fort Sumter doesn't get enough attention. Um, <coughs> people kind of mention it, it goes away. Was the battle, besides kicking off the Civil War, of that much of importance as far as casualties? Or was it more of just a trigger point to start the whole dick flowing of the Civil well, War? It wasn't a battle. It was literally the Real South. Uh, you had Fort Sumter sitting in the harbor just outside of Charleston. Um, and the people in Charleston, you know, the militia set up, just started shelling the, uh, the fort that was uh, a federal fort. So it represented the Union. Nobody died. Nobody died. Nobody died at Fort Sumter. I did not know that. And the uh, commander of that fort, I believe it was Captain right. Anderson. I could be very wrong on this. But uh, his Ahab, his grandfather was the captain of so was the did. commander of the fort that uh, in Baltimore that had the flag that Francis Scott Key wrote the Star Spangled Banner to. Oh, As really? So they just got shelled for a bunch of days. That's and 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 the South wouldn't let uh, the the federal supply ships come in and reinforce them. Um, so eventually they just evacuated the fort and, and waved the Civil War. So it was still the United States of America then, obviously. War had not broken out, but there was obviously separation. Well, the southern states, uh, the southern states had started Sece- to secede at that point. They started to secede as soon as Abraham Lincoln was elected president. So this they kicked- knew his stance. Right, and they couldn't get, have the abolishment of slavery. So this kicked things in the high gear, oh, and yep. that was it. But nobody died at that. It was just, it was a shelling. Nope. The bump, bump, Let's bump, go, bump. baby! It shelled the hell out of them, and it's amazing nobody died, because if you actually go to the fort today and see it, it's still all busted up from the uh, the cannonballs and everything that was hitting it, and it's pretty amazing that nobody died. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Thing. And like you said, it was Major Robert Anderson. Um, he was the Union commander there in the first battle, and uh, they, forced the, the, they forced the fort surrender um, yeah. during that that. Uh, yeah engagement yeah and lincoln lincoln knew it was coming at that time he was basically he lincoln never spent his nights in the white house uh pretty much at all during his presidency he sat in the war department yeah he sat in the war department building which now i don't know if how familiar you are with the buildings around the white house but the treasury building right now the big building yeah if you're facing the white house it's off to your left if you're facing the north portico it's off to your left uh, that's kind of where the War Department building was. It was a little bit farther down the road, but he would walk over there and sit there with, you know, a private who was just bringing in, like, the, the telegrams were coming in. And wow. he's just sitting there with a the private and listening and, and you know, not listening, but decrypting the messages. So Wait, he, he didn't go to his golf course for the weekends and, like, uh, online? Lincoln, no? Lincoln really wasn't much of a golfer. Yeah. Okay. But that's interesting, though. So we spent the majority of his time I do in not the, picture uh, him being a golfer. The War Department building. <laughs> they brought in the the telegrams as speedily as they could in those days. Yeah, and, and that's kind of how he ran the country at the time. And he wanted to do it so they didn't have to bring the telegrams over to the White House and keep going back and forth. He could just get it right as it's coming in. I'm so. wondering how long it took a telegram from, <sighs> let's say, Battle of Gettysburg <sighs> to relay information to the president in Washington. Well, Is he that could like hear a day? Them. He could hear the Battle of Gettysburg uh, from the White House. You've mentioned that before. That's true, isn't it? That's insane. Especially right before Pickett's charge, uh, when they the Confederates uh, they had two three hundred two or two or three hundred 
and 50 artillery pieces flying, uh, firing at the same time. Um, it was the loudest sound in the Western Hemisphere until we detonated the atomic bomb in Los Alamos, Mexico. Wow. The degree of accuracy of the weapons, too, from the Revolutionary War to the Civil War is incredible. Because if you it's look at the Revolutionary it's a mate. Yeah, I mean, the Revolutionary War, you're lucky to hit something in the general vicinity of yeah. what you're aiming at. Aim small, miss small. But in the Civil War, the weaponry at the time, right. although primitive now, was advanced yeah the revolutionary oh war was smooth bore rifles and you smooth probably were up. accurate within within 100 to better 60 yards you had to get up to about 60 yards in front that's of the a guy. lot so that's a civil, lot civil war you're talking maybe two or three hundred yards where you're really accurate and then the sniper rifles that they actually used uh were accurate from seven or eight hundred yards out that's, that's what killed uh, reynolds at gettysburg when he rode up uh no Reynolds. When he rode up on the first day, when he's trying to support Buford's cavalry at the first day at Gettysburg, so he actually he pretty much got his head blown off by a guy, a Confederate soldier up in a cherry tree, 800 yards away. Ooh, cherry picked Damn. him. Huh. Cherry picked him. Ooh, cherry picked him. <laughs> Bob, are you reading any good Civil War books now? I know you're always reading some uh, historical novel. Is there anything uh, on the on the desk of, of Mr. Bob? Yes, uh, I'm actually looking over anything by the fire, by the hearth, by the yes, hearth, with uh, two fingers of bourbon and a Chaucer, and two fingers, that Hawthorne, yeah, and a thumb. We're having a, a good Civil War book here. I'm reading about uh, the Stonewall Jackson Chaucer. and his uh, his march, you know, up to the north. Dostoevsky. I'm actually Bob, you like. Go ahead. Sorry. You like my southern jokes. I have a, a coworker from Tennessee, and I told one the other day. And she usually appreciates one, but she didn't really appreciate this one. Uh, she's a huge Predators fan. So I said, why do they call them the Nashville Predators? Is it the uh, disproportionate number of registered sex offenders they have in your state? She's like, uh, uh, uh. And I was like, no, no, no. You lost the war. It's okay. We can make those jokes now because we're all friends. We're one country. You know, it's, okay. it's fine. You down. But, it's uh, friends. Yeah, you're in our country again. So let it go, it's all. Let it go. Yeah, it's generational too. You know, you, you've been in our country again for you know like five generations. So yeah, so it's fine. It's all we can good. Abuse you. We can totally abuse you. Yeah, who knows anymore? Hey, I, I found out recently. You've seen the film Dances with Wolves. <laughs> yes. The opening battlefield. I haven't uh, seen it in years. I recently watched it. Was uh, Saint David's Battlefield, Tennessee. Okay. It's uh, it's fictional. They made it up. Yeah. Um, but to the, but uh, until I haven't like, seen it in years, I thought, oh no, this is a very accurate. Uh, Civil War battle, Jed. We're watching this, and I'm going to explain everything to you. And then it was like St. David's, and I was like, oh, this doesn't ring any bells. And I Googled it. They're like fictional. And I was like, blasphemous. Uh, were you familiar well, why with that? Why would we do that? Just put him. Why? Why, well, yeah, well, why wouldn't you do that? Why place him in like a real battle somewhere. Register blasphemy. Yeah, place him, yeah. Register Throw him blasphemy. in Chattanooga, and then kick him Registered back up to the, uh, the Northwest. Yeah, the Battle of Shelfall at St. Jude's Field. Put something yeah, in there. You know blasphemy. what I mean? But uh, but it's what? crazy. But are you are you reading any good uh, any good novels novelettes from the drugstore this week? <laughs> I'm actually reading. Um, could we just digest to... articles? I'm, I'm reading to. I'm I'm trying to read get through the book Fear by Bob Woodward on Donald Trump. Oh, I heard that was excellent. That was the one that came Wait, out about what's it called Bob? Fear by just Bob fear. Woodward. And just for some background, I know you know you guys probably know Bob Woodward and uh, Carl Bernstein were the two Washington Post reporters who uncovered. I just know the Bernstein Bears. I don't. I mean, that's Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein were the two reporters back in the early '70s who uncovered the Watergate scandal with Nixon. Right. 
for the Washington uh, Post. Deep throat. Wood, Woodward has deep always throat. gone on an excellent, just excellent books. And yes, he's a little bit of a lefty, but yeah. I, you can't deny what he's doing. And I can tell when I'm reading it, like the sourcing he's done in this book is pretty excellent. And it's my God. Uh, Woodward. If you want to be even more depressed about what's going on right now, I read do. This, read well, this. so you would say Bob Woodward's uh, book is more really we are uninformed per se, as opposed to somebody like Bill O'Reilly who uh, writes <laughs> yes. factual things, but then really slathers in the Sean, opinions. Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity. Right. Right. He doesn't. Bob Woodward doesn't go out with an agenda. He goes out and follows the facts, and the facts then place the narrative and and creates the narrative of yeah, the book right. going forward. He's not yeah, tweaking right. things to no, he's not, go he's, along with his own narrative. He's not setting this book up to with an agenda. He lets the facts create the agenda. You know, so it kind of so I like that. that. Yeah, and and he actually, you know, and yeah. a lot of a lot of conservatives probably don't like the book because it's. Definitely negative on Trump, but it's yeah. truth. Where it's fake news, Bob. It's don't fake. be such prudes. Oh yeah, yeah. fake news. Fake That's news. it. It's um, really, but really he, he he also is he in the book. There's times where he's like, you know, shoot, I was wrong. Check the facts. You know, I, he uh, yeah. Why does Trump do? What is with the hands all the time? Wait, so Bob Woodward knew in the book he was wrong with points well, yeah. like, and, and some of his assumptions like and Woodward will kind of like throw that into like you know I thought this was going to be this but it turned out it wasn't you know and and he doesn't he's not out to like kill Trump <clears throat> he's out there just to report the facts so he's not just it's not like a massacre of Trump yeah, it's he's just, not like fuck facts. you Mr. president he's like he's yeah. been on Bill Maher here's why like, yeah recently no, not like he Bill was Maher. on Bill Maher literally it's like every Friday night show of Bill Maher's is you know I'm just going to destroy Trump you know, and right. the, he was uh, on Bill Maher once. Yeah, and the, like he, recently. Yeah, he's he's a smart dude, and he's yeah. really well versed and, and good at what he does. Uh, he, he's he like he's lied him. over a thousand times or something like that. Yeah, and he's talking about like <clears throat> staff members pulling papers off Trump's desk uh, just so he won't sign them because Trump will forget about them and won't even like go after him then. Like that's terrible. Like, Terrible, like stuff that, oh like, gosh. you know, in terms of pulling out of, you know, our support of South Korea. Oh my gosh, stuff like that. The Good Trump- for the staffers. I don't think you should take a federal document off the president's desk, but like, I get it why you would do that. Rules well, and regulations. All the stuff going on under his nose that he has no fucking clue about. That's like maybe even like worse does- than what he's doing. John, he doesn't take the daily briefing. He yeah, doesn't that's, have that's daily, daily classified briefing that every president takes. And some presidents have had it changed up a little bit. Trump right. literally, he wakes up, I think he like, you know, he goes to bed at like 2 in the morning, takes a Ash, dump at like 5 a.m., starts tweeting. Sounds and like then, me. Yeah. And then <laughs> wakes up and turns on Fox News. And Fox News, and I don't know if you guys saw the new New York Post article too, Fox News and Trump are yes. like a self-sustaining system. Oh my gosh. Where yeah. They're feeding one, each other like yeah, the brain to keep other, it going. Uh, some sidewinders. Yeah. It's like Hannah and uh, Sesame Street. Sesame yes. Street feeds Hashtag Hannah's Maga. attention. Needs but you're absolutely right, Bob. Hashtag you just stop Hannah and Sesame Street. Hashtag <laughs> Maga. If you don't agree, unfriend me. This is like very dangerous because not one – uh, he's an outsider in the sense that he has no political experience. You should probably want to read everything that you can from the people paid to inform you. Really, and we two, are you're not above um, knowing all. He thinks he is, but in reality, you're not. Look, I, I would think 
if I all of a sudden was like, yo, I'm going to run the Phillies, and they were like, you you got in, you know, I'd be like, okay, I really didn't think I would do that. <laughs> so now let me listen to every hitting and batting coach and everything I could do yeah. to make the right choice. Not you better start talking you. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. You better start talking to some people who, who've been in the business for a while, you know? Right. It feels very irresponsible as an elected official in any capacity to turn down intelligence. He doesn't. Besides, that's do why that. they're there. Actually, the CIA, the former CIA, CIA director, Mike Pompeo, is now the Secretary of State. Actually, yeah, smart guy. Had to Pompeo. get in Trump's, like, basically had to design a way to get Trump the briefing. So instead of giving him a binder every morning, like every other president got to go through, like, you know, like while you're taking your morning shit or, you know, you're, you're Elmo sing it out for him. The tentacle yeah, point you're eating breakfast and in the residence, you know, he instead had to schedule formalized meetings with the heads of the national intelligence agencies to get Trump to come to the table and sit there and listen to these guys. That was the reason he did every day. Wow. Like a, I wonder like how much free you have as the yeah. president on your time schedule. Like, can he kind of wake up when he wants to? Or does he have to be out of bed at a certain time? He kind of sets a schedule. But if obviously if something big is going on, then you're going to rip him out of bed. But he, right. I don't think Trump gets yeah, right. in the Oval Office until like 11 in the morning. Yeah, that's what I've always heard. See, that's what I liked about Bush. Is Bush ran the pre- presidency like a business. He was in a suit in the office early. He read the briefings. He talked to what's going on. He was in tune. He might not have made the best decisions, but he was doing his job. Yeah, W would go. He would run at 5 a.m. He'd be, uh, you know, kind of get himself together around six, between six and seven thirty. And seven thirty, he was down and a shoe in shine. the executive offices, you know, the wing of the White House, and he was working. So that's that's, that's the kind that of work ethic time. you want from oh your, your president. You know, yeah. you, you you want that kind of work ethic and dedication. Um, previous presidents in the past uh, have all read the briefings, to my knowledge, from what I've read. Andrew McCabe has a book out right now. He's the former director of the FBI, I think. Deputy uh, director. Be. Deputy director. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about there it is. What scares him the most today in his book uh, is not so much what Trump is saying. And I and I thought this too, and I agree with him. It's how people are interpreting the president. Uh, Trump tweeted last week. Oh. And I'm not bashing on Trump. I'm just I'm just stating what's in the news and the facts that. Yeah. Well, you want to like kind of mess with me? Well, I got all these. I got the military on my side, and I got all these bikers and people with guns and all this. And it, it's kind of like a call to arms that people are looking at uh, that are in his fan base. And you've seen things like New Zealand, which I'm not correlating or blaming on Trump, but it's a dangerous message as your commander in chief to say those kind of things. Don't you think uh, it's a little irresponsible? I mean, I Absolutely. feel like we're we're like two years away from. You know, civil war. Yeah. What master do you serve? Right. And yeah. I feel like if a civil war broke out, Bob would be like McClellan, and I would have to follow him into battle. China. I would not McClellan. want to be McClellan. You would be no. uh, Grant. I would rather be Grant. Yeah, I'd rather be Grant. But then I would, a lot John of people would know. But but any, yeah, <laughs> you bring up a good point there. And this almost like this uh, this. So, this this call to arms that he does and he doesn't do it overtly it's you know it's he he knows what he's saying to his followers and they're cra- some of them are crazy enough to act on it uh yeah. he is pushing, oh he's pushing that forward and i feel like as we go forward to the 2020 election it's going to get much Let's worse go, baby! depending on what comes out with the Mueller report which i don't know if you guys have seen what he's tweeted out in the past uh, 72 hours but he was at yes. the pl- 
uh, on over oh the weekend gosh. because you lost. If, oh yeah, like fifty tweets in like fifteen hours. Let's say China like ripping McCain. China. He's ripping Mueller. You know everything. China. Even uh, Romney was like, "Yeah, That's I don't get China. it." China. I did. China. I did. China. I have to have my China. So rip McCain is a serious uh, blow below the belt. And not yes. in a good sexual way. Yeah, that's very, very low class to rip uh, a hero like that. I mean, that's that's pretty bad. That's pretty shitty, Mr. President. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, for the with, course. I don't care whether you agree with him or not. You know, he's a dead. Who gives a shit about his politics? Don't put his family through any more torture. Right, and his family spoke oh up. Megan McCain tweeted out, uh, "Oh yeah, Trump will never be great like my father." And he's he's right. She's right. Oh my gosh. Uh, but I feel like something something big is about to happen. Yeah, because right. They have to give Trump. Do you? Yeah, Trump. Is he going oh, out? Oh, there goes right the dynamite! The Justice Department. You're not going to take me alive. Up, gotcha. What a black Oh, there goes the dynamite! I lost my girlfriend. He oversees the Justice Department, which is you know overseeing the Mueller investigation, and they he gets notice when Mueller's going to do something. He can't control it, but he gets noticed. Like he gets like a, a few oh. days. So something big is coming down the pipe here, and this is his MO coming down. And the investigation will get him removed from office. It's going to heavily politically damage him. And if the Democrats don't get their asses in line and get away from all this socialist garbage, they're going to get beat in 2020. And if we have another oh, yes. years of Trump. We're going to be in really big trouble. But if Trump looks like he's going to lose, uh, I shudder at the thought of that. You're going to see, uh, you're going to, he's a malignant narcissist. Yeah. He, he is the definition of a malignant narcissist. He only cares about himself. He lashes out at other people. And anybody that doesn't agree with him, he's going to tear you down. And he's, yeah. dumb. he's good at it. He's not dumb. I don't think he's dumb. I think uh, in, terms of polit- in terms of uh, governing, he's a moron, but he's not dumb in terms of manipulation, promoting mm-hmm. himself and manipulating things, yes. I, I couldn't even add to what you just said because you, you nailed every, every point. You're absolutely right. And Democrats do need to s- right. sway away from the socialist, I'm entitled <laughs> kind of thing and, and step up to the plate and balance out the books a little bit more and get everything. It's Everything's too far on either side and – uh, they definitely need to rein in and, and make this happen. I think Biden is, is the best choice right now. I don't think Elizabeth Warren holds a chance. I think she would be good president. I don't think she'll ever oh, win. I she's guess. too much like she's. I yeah, right. I don't like either. She's too much like Hillary Clinton. Yeah, um, right. She can't. She she already showed us her ass. I mean, she already went down and 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 got in the weeds with Trump on this whole uh, Pocahontas thing. Hey, this oh, whole, no, I'm gonna know right. You know, yeah, that was a bad move. You know, you don't do that crap. You know, no. and yet hindsight's twenty twenty, but you don't even get down in the weeds with him. You stay, you stay above all that crap and just talk about the policies and the facts and and yes. let let him wallow in the mud, the, like the pig he is. Be on board for that, hey, Bob. This is why you need to run for political office. No, um, no, because you you know how to keep your head above the water and, and the keep focus on policies and what's important and not you know clickbait and let's and go, just, baby. Your emotions letting run out, and we've lost sense of that. We get back on track. Well, I think Joe Biden, Joe Biden coming into the race, even if he doesn't win the nomination, is going to stats. pull these Democrats back. That far on the left. They're going to, he's going to pull them back a little bit and make them more tenable for a general election. So they're not like so far to the left in the general election that, well, you know what? We have the far left here and Donald Trump. Who are you going to pick? Right. You know, yeah, we've got to get find some middle common ground. 
yeah, people like us who I think are pretty moderate and independent, you know, kind of leaves us like, well, where the hell do we go? I'm, like, I'm worried that there's so many democratic potentials that it's just going to like shatter uh, you know, the Democrats, when we finally pick a guy, you know, it's going to be like such a tight race, I think, between like two or three people with all the support Bernie Sanders is getting. And uh, if Biden Ooh, shows up, it's still kabooming. I'm worried that after that, once the Democratic guy is chosen or girl, the people that lost out. Are gonna be like, ah, oh, fuck it. Oh. No or are they gonna be like, all right, whatever? You're gonna have the same situation. You know, that's a good point, Still John. Trump. You're have, yeah, you're gonna have the same situation you had during the primary with Hillary and Bernie, where yeah. the Hillary, uh, yeah. the, the Bernie voters, when Hillary won the primary, the Democratic primary were disenfranchised and didn't and didn't go out to vote for Hillary. And right. that was a big mistake. And that's what you get. Yeah, yes. You reap what you sow. And Bob, you mentioned in previous shows that the founding fathers have set up the constitution or, or set up the, the, the government in the sense that they would prepare for somebody like Trump. Yeah. Do you think um, this is going to balance itself out or is it definitely going to take the facts. next election to put a responsible Democrat back in office to do so? Is Trump, if Trump wins again, is it going to be like the end? What, uh, it'll be close to it. What I'm kind of hoping is uh, a Republican uh, comes out of the mold, a moderate Republican. Like yeah, a, like a Kasich a or something. A Kasich, uh, yeah, or a Romney comes out and runs against oh, them. I see. Uh, I see. Some, uh, but that's that's not gonna that's that's a pipe dream. That's not gonna be feasible. Um, so does Trump this, automatically get to? I don't want to get into fine Republican rerun seat. Like nobody, like there's Pretty no Republican much. candidates that are gonna try to run against him. Yeah, he right automatically now, gets to try at re-election. They can't, John. Like right okay. now, Trump owns the Republican Party. It's okay. it's Trump's party now. I mean, he's 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 going to cry if he wants to. Hashtag MAGA. If you don't agree, understand me. He uh, we're going to be we're going to be in a very bad place if he wins re-election in 2020. And it's not. I have nothing like against uh, the. You know, well, I do have some things against like his policies and stuff, but I I don't have anything against like the followers and things like that. Like there there are Trump has a very hard uh, bottom on uh, in terms of his uh, base. He's really, not we are uninformed. 32%. They're like any. Right. You're right. Absolutely right. Um, do you... What will be interesting to me is during the debates when the nominee, yeah, right. uh, Democratic nomination, uh, nominee for president is appointed or nominated, um, to see how the Russia collusion and all the shit that he's done in his first few years will come into play in the debates because what the uh, debates had in the first time was, well, your taxes and you said this about women and that never really stuck. But now you have like <clears throat> crimes and being investigated and God knows what's going to come out. Everyone connected debate. you really was in jail or fired. Right. You, you went through like 40 staffers, uh, you know, cabinet heads in a year or whatever. That's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out because that's unprecedented in any other. Uh, they don't like get into race. all this out just because they're it's a witch hunt, you know. Like they're not like let's just give it a shot. They have to be on the let's something, right? You know, Here's like the they're not just like let's pick on Trump. Yeah, this they're whole finding four witches. Years. If it's a witch hunt, they're finding witches. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, There's, ghouls. I think, 48 people have been indicted so far by this investigation on That's a confirmation. almost 250 counts of various charges. Uh, this isn't a witch hunt. But that being said, if I'm a Democratic candidate running against Trump, no matter, you know, I'm just talking politically here. I'm not talking about, you know, views or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm running against Donald Trump, you let you sit there and let the Mueller report sit, sit there. By itself, let it speak for itself. You talk right. about what you're going to do for the American people and how you're going to get back into the heartland and how you're going to get back into the flyover states and you know the the forty thousand dollar a year Joe Blow who's working in a factory Corn in Iowa and try to relate with that. You know the blue collar guys. If I if if that's what you're trying to do, don't you're not going to win by ripping Trump down. I'm curious to get how I would get back right. to the heartland. Very people, true, Roberto. Here, here would be my directives as, as U.S. president to get back into the, the, the hearts and minds of the heartland people. One, I'm going to make robocalling like a serious, serious crime, like 100 years in jail. Yep. We're going to find out. We're going to root these companies out like we did with Al-Qaeda and ISIS, and we're going to punish them. And then you're going to get your phones free. And two is I'd offer great tax rebates for people that worked – like more than 40, 50 hours a week on their income tax return, it's going to offer you like more money back because you're breaking your ass. And now you get some extra money to spend on beer on the weekend. What's not that I like about that? Support pretty good. Exactly. And three is I'm going to take out Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson and all these shitty headlines we're reading about so you can focus on real stuff. I'm going to get your dick on it. And the Kardashians. The President of the United States is the authority to assassinate anyone in the world. Yeah, right. I'm going to put that to use. Ryan Seacrest will be Ryan Seacrest will be reduced down to just the New Year's Eve, uh, rock and New Year's Eve host. Right. That's the it. Rock <laughs> nothing else. No radio. No American Idol. No Kardashian. Nothing he's produced on that's on television now will exist, and barely will he. It won't happen. <laughs> we will screech this to, this downward spiral we're going in to a halt. Bob, <laughs> I wanted to, I earmarked something to Taylor the show today, Bob, I wanted to bring up. We, John and I touched the, the tip of the dick on this uh, a couple shows back. We docked. But we what? haven't had you on since, so it's a few weeks old, but the USS... I'm curious to get your dick on it. McCombsy. No? I'm curious to get uh, your dick on it. Bacu- the USS McCombsy. I'm curious to get your dick the on ship it. Manned by uh, the battleship, uh, the, I'm sorry, the aircraft carrier, the uh, Lexington. Gross was discovered the original there it is recently have you, did you read about that is that something i saw that... a little blips about it and i read a few snippets of articles oh. so i have like a, a meager kind of understanding of it but that's pretty damn cool and you look at the pictures of that thing down there and it's literally frozen in time i mean it's 1944 that thing was sunk i think 40 yeah 44 because that was it was in the pacific you know your history uh, and uh, that that that's pretty damn cool and you know that's a tomb for uh you know that that it's there's some reverence involved there too because that's a tomb for all the uh the the men who are lost on that ship as well so it's it's great that they it found is a tomb. A tomb. it is a tomb a tomb and they found this um what's it called the uss lexington i don't, I don't know if that was the... I, forget. I, I forget honestly clark i i i, for, I totally forget okay well they found it and uh it was 70 70 some years maybe more um, that they found this thing that was so years in the making which is incredible to think that this ship went that long without being discovered and it really is like an amazing find um, 
they got most of the, the soldiers off, sailors off, I'm sorry, during the battle. It's okay. I think it was the Battle of Santa Cruz Islands. I don't, I don't remember. but um, Probably somewhere near like the Philippines or something, I think. Yeah, but pretty incredible that they uh, they found that under there. Yeah. I don't know if you uh, read about it. The sea is vast. I saw that. Hey, how about we do a little uh, sports with John? I mean, real, real quick before we do it, can I can I give you three questions of, of would you rather in history? Oh, yes, absolutely. John, is that okay with your uh, your permission? Oh my gosh! Yeah, Bob, would you rather? Wait, no, I changed. Yeah, okay, Wait, never mind. mind. I changed it back. <laughs> okay, Bob, would you rather be one of the pilots in the Doolittle raid <laughs> that is dropping some bombs into the heart of Tokyo? And feel that those babies burn below you. Kid prick right through their heart. Well, yep, a pin prick right through their heart. Nothing strong in heart. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Or, oh my go- there it is. Oh, it's like hearing the name of a movie in the movie. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. Or, oh my gosh. Would you rather be in an F 18 Hornet after post 9 11 dropping some bombs in Afghanistan? Oh, oh my gosh. F 18 Hornet only because. I had to sit in my AP history class senior year and watch those planes go into the towers. And that was the most helpless feeling I've ever felt in my life. And I would have loved to have been a pilot dropping bombs on those motherfuckers. Amen to that. That's it. And just killing as Let's many go, as baby! Can. Righteous. I mean, killing them, vaporizing them. Nothing left. Let's go, baby! Bob, would you Take rather have been present at the Appomattox Courthouse seeing the surrender of the Confederate forces under General Lee in the same room, or be above, aboard the aircraft carrier where uh, the, the Japanese uh, government, the Japanese army surrendered to the U.S. during World War II? Yeah, yeah when Yamamoto surrendered. Yamamoto. My, my grandfather was actually in the bay when that happened. He wasn't on the same boat, but he oh my gosh. And saw it. Really? Uh, oh, my gosh. I would, I would actually like to be a fly on the wall at, at Appomattox and really see, because I've read so much about it, I, I'd like to see the interaction between General Lee and General Grant. I think that'd be really cool. Bob, would you rather? Uh, that's a good answer. Last question. Would you rather be a close person around President Trump the year before his presidency to dissuade him from running, knowing you could effectively do it right. without being violent, or, or be the silver bullet during the Mueller investigation that delivers the news that will sink that ship to the bottom of the political ocean? Go. I'd rather talk Trump out running for the presidency and just say, hey, buddy, focus on your business dealings. You're not going to want this because all this is going to come under scrutiny. What's going to happen with Trump is the Mueller investigation is not going to sink him. It's going to be it's just going to politically damage him there. There's not going to be enough collusion on his part, maybe with his staff, but not directly, not directly related to him enough to uh, force articles of impeachment. But what's going to dog him oh. is the investigations going on in the Southern District of New York on his finances. That oh when gosh. he gets out of office, he's probably going to get prosecuted. He's going to get indicted. He will go to jail, and we will have our first president, uh, past president, die in jail. I would rather see him get voted out of office. I don't want him to be a martyr for his base and his following. Right now, you don't want that. Hashtag MAGA. If you don't agree, and then prosecute me. the Southern District of New York for his finances because. He was, yeah, he is, he, they have him dead to the rights there and they can sit on that and wait for him to leave. There office, it is. And it's going to be beautiful. Right. 
Brilliant. Oh, there you, goes the dynamite. brains and spattered gray matter all over the dungarees. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, sports with John. Carl Rodriguez's uh, construction. Yeah. <laughs> and now. Sports with John, 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 John. Sports with John, sports with John, sports with John, sports with John. Sports with John. Sports with John. The Philly side, Bryce Harper. March Madness is officially underway, boys. Oh my gosh. Colgate. Oh yeah. Colgate, Tennessee. A lot of funny teams have made the tournament this year. Yes, they did. You know, like obscure uh, colleges like with Col- really weird mascots. Yeah, Colgate. What are they? I don't think what they're anything that? weird. I don't even know where the hell that college is. I think my college... He's got a lot of good ideas. <laughs> well, he's got a lot of good ideas. You know, but, he, like, do they have... Do they have oh the bench? Gosh. Can the Sixers go the distance, basically? Can they? I mean, maybe they can make it to the finals, but they, can they win at all? I, I'm not sure they can with the bench right now. Oh, my gosh. I think it's still pretty freaking early. Okay. Um, getting to the finals of the Eastern Conference is possible. you got to get past the Celtics, right? The, dude, and the Celtics, and they play the Celtics soon. What's that? Didn't we? Didn't I say we like I'm on the team? Yeah, you, <laughs> are, you are. You are the team. <clears throat> but uh, starting didn't, didn't the Sixers beat them, the Celtics, like a couple days ago? Mm. But the Six, I, the, I but the Celtics, so. like have our number. They like they beat the hell out of us. They've yeah. won like four of five this mm-hmm. this season or something like that. But uh, we've been on a hell of a roll lately, and everybody's clicking. Uh, we have this new player named Tobias Harris, and. Uh, John Poland calls him Tobias. Tobias. <laughs> Tobias. So every time he makes a shot, you, you gotta yell, Tobias. Tobias. Does he really? Yeah. Can't say it. It's a great name. Um, back to the uh, moonwalking, back to the uh, March Madness, by the way. Uh, my prediction. Oh, yeah. There it yes. is. Please give it to us. Dickens. Duke University. I like those. Uh, I think that's pretty solid. Those cherry yeah. blossoms. Zion Williamson is he is he one of the first college players to just go by the first name Zion? Yeah. Wait just, a minute. You know, like broadcasters and anchors, they all call him Zion. Uh, well, yeah, you're right because Kobe Bryant never went to college, so it was Kobe right. oh. from high school. So nor LeBron. You're right. Yeah, we're LeBron. So. I think uh, I think you're on to something there, John. Yeah, right. He's fucking amazing. Um, he, is. he is pretty amazing. Baseball. Mike Trout. So it's interesting. Gone. Off the table for next year. Sadly. Yes. Yeah, the Eagles uh, Eagles ticket department should rescind all of his season tickets or charge him a ridiculous rate for yeah, having please. them. And the next time. There will be no handing off of any footballs from Carson Wentz to uh, 
to Mike Trout. I think Carson Wentz hands the football to Fletcher Cox, and Fletcher Cox walks over to Mike Trout and uh, smashes it down his throat. I mean, the guy's 29, 28, 430 million. That's just like, screw you, Philly. You're not getting him. We're, we know he's looking. Like he we're could, just going to throw all the money. He could literally walk out in the street tomorrow, get hit by a car, break his back, have no, you know, functional career in the MLB, and still get paid that money. Yep, you're right. Exactly. It's the union, insane. baby. The union. He only he yeah. only gets it. He only doesn't get it if he retires early. So yeah, right. And I'm sorry, paying a batter that much is like That's paying crazy. a wide receiver that much. Like, yeah, uh, right. what about, okay. What if he hits three home runs, but his pitchers let up five runs? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think it sets a bad precedent in baseball. I think the Phillies are, agreed. The Phillies are kind of partly responsible for this by Oops. the yep. way that signed Harper, you know, and oh my but that was an open competitive market. So they were going against other teams. This was the angels literally throwing cash at their player because they didn't I don't want to get into finding going out on the open market. So. Of course, they wanted to tie him down because they knew the Phillies were going to come hard like a dick for them next year. And he would have taken less money to go to the Phillies, I think. Oh, I I agree. I think he would have oh taken gosh. less money and also um Can you imagine the Phillies are, are do have a hand in the precedent of, of that much money. It's you're going to see more trends like that too. Yeah, but that is a shitty move by California, just to be like, or Anaheim, you know, here, here's here, four hundred three million dollars, stay in here. Okay. Just like you know, truckloads of cash. We're just gonna dump it off at Mike Trout's house. Here no, he, he won't win any any championships, any World Series. You know, it'll be like I another hope, eight. I hope not now. Being a Phillies fan, I hope not now. I just with, uh, I just wish, uh, you know, I don't want anything bad to befall the guy personally, but I just wish, of course, uh, you know, no success with the Angels. <laughs> right, of course. Really cool. Uh, Tomorrow at 5.30 a.m., the Seattle Mariners face the Oakland Athletics, but I believe that game is in, like, like another country. It's got to be, like, in Europe somewhere. Yeah. Maybe maybe the Caribbean. Or the Caribbean. Sounds, sounds. I'm not sure. But I think it's a game. I think. Did the regular season start yet? Hmm. No. No, it doesn't start until. Because there's live games going on right now. We're we're a week away. Wait a minute. The regular season first pitch. Sports with John, and I have all the facts. All the facts. (laughs) Facts. Sports with John, and I have all the facts. Speaking of uh, being an expert. On to my favorite sport. Bush ties Petty's record with 200th career win. What the fuck? Well, okay. Here we go. There's Here we an go. Dick There's an asterisk on that. There's an oh, asterisk yeah. on that because he did it in three different series. So you have, so what you have, like, let's put it like in baseball terms. So you have, like, Major Leagues, which is Monster Cup series, the big boys who race on Sunday. And you have AAA, which is the Xfinity series who race on Saturday as like a feeder series to the Monster Cup series. Smackdown. Then you have the truck series, wow. which is like a feeder series to the Xfinity series, you know, then to the Cup series. He's won those 200 races within those three series. Richard Petty won those 200 races just in the Cup series. Oh, jeez, okay. Louise. Oh, my gosh. But keep in mind, Richard Petty, oh, my gosh, races... They were running like three or four Cup Series races a week. 
they'd run them on weekdays, you know, on oh like gosh. Wednesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And he had wild opportunity. Oh, and shit. quite honestly, you know, he he was, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And in NASCAR, uh, he had the best equipment. Start dick in the piper. So he had the the juice behind him. Yeah, but he was also that doesn't take anything. He still had to get behind the wheel and drive the car. So Richard Petty is still the greatest driver ever. Kyle Busch is the greatest driver of this generation. I think. I think Tom the Cruise is the greatest driver of all time. NASCAR, but... I was just about to bring that up, but I think the only guy that, that comes to mind that is is probably better than a Kyle Busch. You know, he's dead now, but Earnhardt really oh. is the, the embodiment. Just a different a different guy than Kyle Busch, a different personality, but drove the race car the same way. Could take a crappy fifteenth place car and put it in the top five or win the race with it. Kyle Busch can take a shitty 20th place car and put it in the top 10. I mean, he could take my Toyota Highlander and probably win a race. Uh, Much like Nicky, Nicky Lauda <laughs> in Formula One could take cars substandard to his liking and really push them to the limit. A great movie. Another great movie. What's that? Rush? Rush, yes. Oh, it's, in my, it's, in my, it's in my top 10. I've seen it like 100 times. Yeah, that is a fantastic movie. It's the Rocky of race car driving. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the sport, you'll love the movie. It's I, exactly. I, I, I think to... I've seen it thirty times. It's like just like this, just like this Formula One Drive to Survive thing on Netflix. You don't have so to like good. racing. You don't have to like any of that stuff. The, dr- the like the storylines pull you in. It's it's that good. Yeah, it's that That's good. That with it. I mean, it's it's that good. I heard I keep telling about the, Heather about this uh, Biggie and Tupac thing on Netflix, uh, Unsolved. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the storytelling oh. is why you watch it. It's just kind of cool that it's about Biggie and Tupac. Right. Right. Like, hey, it doesn't care about the black guys. <laughs> but it, it's about the... Yeah, they, were dead, they were killed before she was born. Right. But... <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah. But it is the storytelling. You, you married a child, John. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Leaving Neverland. Leaving Boyd. But, it, but it is true, though. John's absolutely right. It's about the storytelling. You don't need to. People that don't really care about boxing will love the movie Rocky, unless you're like an idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's about the storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. That's that's really neat. And that's cool that they there's people good enough out there to, to create these, you know, this interest in these different genres and, and tell a good story around it so everybody can kind of relate and, and enjoy it. So. I agree. Beyond but, enough NASCAR. Okay. Over to the NHL. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning guys are shocking. Or electric, electrocuting. The, the spellbinding. They have 116 points. Uh, the closest is 97, uh, which is the Bruins right under them. They're 56 and 13. Um, they're just I think they've like already clinched a playoff berth. Yeah. And uh play. Flames, Sharks. Wow, Flames and Flames. Looking good. They have also clinched. Winnipeg Jets, the Nashville Predators. Looks like they still have a chance. Golden Knights. Let's see, hockey. <coughs> We're the Flyers. I was very disappointed to see uh, Wayne Simmons leave. Uh, great Philly guy. Uh, uh, the black guy? Yeah, just a good dude, and, and he played his heart out I for us. I love the black guy. And, and he was totally, he was Philly all the way, too. I mean, Touch. just a, 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 you know, a grinder. <laughs> One, two, three, 
It's incredible. By the way, the Flyers um, are not in the playoff picture as of today. What about our golden golden showers? Our Vegas golden showers? Golden tubs? Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the Golden Knights are in the playoff picture. In the Western Conference, they would be the five seed if the playoffs started sexual harassment. right now. That's sexual harassment. Uh, other news, uh, LeBron and the Lakers, oh, yeah. it seems to be they continue to be losing. Um, how about Jason? Yeah. Wait a minute. We didn't, we've never talked, we haven't talked about this. It happened a while ago, but Clark, did you hear about him? He, he's leaving the Monday night booth to go back to play football. Just read the headline on the Apple Dick feed. That scares um, me. But yeah, he left it. He's going back in, which is like a guy that's like, you know, I'm fucking sick and tired of watching oh this. Go back in. Put me in, coach. He's up almost... there in the booth sweating, watching the Cowboys underachieve. Yeah, that, and he wasn't very good in the booth. And I I actually... Uh, no, I was waiting for him to get good, I, and he just never I, did. I really like the guy. I respect the guy. I think he's a good dude. Um, but yeah. it's almost like what, who's, who's, back, who's back was scratching who's? You know, was the Cowboys being like... <laughs> We could really use Witten for one more year to uh, bail Dak Prescott out here, or was it? Yeah. I think that's the case. I don't think it was Witten going to the Cowboys saying, "Please take me back." I think the Cowboys reached out to him probably first and said, "We to take some pressure off of this defunct offense." And they just signed. uh, Yeah, right. Cobb. Somebody. Yeah, Randall Cobb. Great. God, they are loading him up with weapons. Uh, yeah, Ooh, the the you know, he's not going to be as good as he was uh, in his prime, but still a threat. You know, somebody you got to account for when he goes right. downfield. But right. I mean, yeah, I guess those guys gelling. Yeah, and but the Eagles getting Deshaun Jackson back. We haven't had a receiver that can blow the top off a defense in years. Even I when know, since him. yeah, since him. Let's go, baby. Even when we won the Super Bowl. We, once again, I'm on the roster. Uh, even when the Eagles won the Super Starting Bowl. Starting nose tackle. Yeah. Even when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, we, they didn't have that. You know, and they and – they, It's they, amazing. They got it just had Alshon. They got to jump higher than anybody. But. I can't wait to see what Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson can do, even when he's out there. If Deshaun Let's Jackson go, baby! Yeah. It's a game. He has to be Let's go, baby! Somebody's going to have to man up on his ass and they're going to have to pull a safety off of somebody. It's going to leave Ertz open in the seam or, you know, God, you know, Jesus yep. Christ, it's going to be a freaking wide receiver for the Eagles at this point and go out in the flats and catch a ball. Just get to the ground in a hurry so I don't get hit. Hey, yeah. man, that. Let's go, baby! It's magic. Let's go, baby! Let's go, baby! Let's go, baby! Yeah. Aren't you guys excited, yeah. though? Deshaun Jackson, um, you know, that whole scenario for next season wait. is in place. Oh. It's going to be it's going to be incredible. It's going to be a oh. lot of... Jen's gonna have a lot of good nights or a lot of black eyes, but it's gonna be a fun season. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's gonna be fun to watch games. It'll, it'll be a fun season for you. I say that because we have a joke. Jen's like, I'm like, the Eagles are on today. She's like, we're gonna get a black guy. I was like, no, they're winning. You know, we're joking around. You know, that only happened once. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but yeah. but Just it's like, I said, you know, the first couple weeks. For this? It's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be. We gotta do a lot of shows to replicate. On a smaller scale, or Super Bowl show, yeah. should probably try to do lot. Eagles recap shows, like right after the game, hop on and just do our yes. own yeah. post-game yeah. reports. Because we're all yes. drunk. Because yeah. we're always so like, wired. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, can't on, sleep on, anyway. on games, even if they lose, because yeah. it'll be a great. Sh- it'll probably be even be a better show when they lose. 
Be on oh, board exactly. for that potato salad. Burn them down the whole time. Let Be on board for that Peterson stinks. Carson Wentz should retire. This is bullshit. We should have kept Foles. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. BDN, baby. That's going to be us. <laughs> Let's go, baby! Uh, typical Philly fans, you know? We're passionate. Typical porn. You got to produce. Yeah, you have to. I like it. I admire your... Um... I'm at your succotash, Bob. I really appreciate your, your outlook. Red wine that. reduction. Appreciate yes, your like white wine pickled beets. I like your calamari. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be an exciting season for the Eagles. And um, this year has been flying by, and we got the Phillies <laughs> coming up. And uh, I really have good vibes. I say this every year, but I really believe there's some good vibes in the I Philadelphia think, sports. I think uh, Harper is gelling right away. I yeah. think they welcomed yes. him with open yeah. cheeks. He's singing happy birthday in the dugout. They brought Victorino in to kind of bring this, like, camarade. I mean, it's. Did you hear about that, Bob? Victorino's back in the Phillies jersey. Yeah, Wait like a, a minute. Coach kind of. Like a cup love checker. It. I love it. And, and it's amazing. He, and Harper has done and said all the right things so far. I hope he just acts upon it during the season, especially when he's going to have a few bad at bats and the Philly fans are going to get on him. And it's going to be. It'll, be, it'll get a little ugly. But just the fact that uh, the biggest thing that struck me Zero was. Zero room for uh, error. When they asked him why aren't you wearing the number thirty four, and he said, "No, that's uh, that's Roy Holiday's number." So I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to wear. That's oh pretty gosh. good. That's a class number act. three. Yeah, oh, and even better than number three. It's my favorite oh freaking number. It's Iverson. Yeah. So yeah. get your Bryce. Let's Harper go, jerseys. baby. Number of wives my dad's had. Listen to the podcastle and get your Bryce Harper jerseys. Yes. <laughs> get ready for a an epic. Philly season and an epic Phillies dynasty because it's selling here. out like hot seven all stars in the starting line. Swift's going to be there. We're going to be kicking ass and taking names. What is your policy on wearing we jerseys? Like we're going to be Sixers. kicking ass and taking names. What is your guys' policy on wearing jerseys of players that no longer? Let's go, baby. Depend on the legacy. I'll give yeah. you an example. You can wear an Utley jersey for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Nobody's wearing a Terrell Owens jersey. Uh, does no, it, does it depend on the player? Yeah, it right. depends on the player. Totally. Like I, my favorite jersey that I have, well, I have two of them. I have a throwback Chuck Bednarik Eagles jersey. Oh yeah. And oh, I have a Charlie. throwback Jerome Brown jersey. There oh. it is. God bless him. There it is. Those, those are the only two I really wear, and I haven't washed them at all. So have they, you, do you still wear the Jerome Brown? Them, yes, they can take themselves off my body and chase me around the room. <laughs> Did you get the Brown jersey when he was still a player? <laughs> No, I remember the night I got so it. I guess I mean, you could it because we were like I ordered kids. it on a, I ordered it on a drunken whim, and then I got it, and I'm like, it was like, oh, Christmas time, surprise! And uh, <laughs> yeah, I said, that's kind of presents. I took a picture of it and sent it to John, yes. and uh, he's like, and John said, you will never have to buy another Eagles jersey again. Right, right, yeah. It's there's amazing. legends. There's people that are dead or people that aren't playing anymore, but it doesn't matter. Like um, Nick Foles, like. I could buy. I mean, I'm probably, yeah, right. if I ever were gonna buy a jersey again, it would probably be a beautiful number nine BDN. Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna root for the Jaguars when when they're oh, not yeah. playing the Eagles because uh, yeah. of him. Yeah. Oh, Tuts. Yeah. Tuts. He oh, is. He tears it up. Yeah. Right. A great man, a great quarterback, and yeah, he brought us our first Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Like, right. He's well, hanging well, on my wall. And he's not framed. in the same division. It's not like he's going to the Giants or something like that. It's, yeah, thank God. I think that was a big part of the play. I, I do too. Yeah, I don't think they would have traded him to anybody in the division. Not a divisional opponent, no. No. That would be a foolish um, conquest on the part of the uh, the Liberty Bell. Uh, <laughs> kind of knows the playbook. 
Just to wrap up the NFL, a lot of moves happened last week. Antonio Brown's on the Raiders. Oh, my gosh. Uh, LeVar? No. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Is on the Jets. Where people, where running backs go to die. Yes. That's like uh, Shady going to Buffalo Bills. Where it's going to be hand in the ball, and you have three guys in the backfield to shake your hand. (laughs) On the other team. <laughs> and um, what was the other one? Oh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. traded to the, to the Browns, who everyone thinks all of a sudden this quarterback, uh, I'm drawing a blank Baker. on his name, is all of a sudden going to be, yeah, Baker Mayfield, Baker. is all of a sudden going to be Drew Brees. Stop yeah. it. Stop it. Stop he, it. He's not definitely, stop it. Well, he blast, definitely, blast, blast. Don't blow your load and drive to the Browns. He yeah, definitely exceeded yeah, my expectations yeah. in his first year. I didn't think yeah, he was going to be that good. Me too. But, but I thought he was going to suck. Okay. okay, now it's your sophomore year. They got yeah. film on you. Yeah. Defense is going to key on all your shit. Yeah. Uh, so now you yeah. got to play, buddy. You, you got to play in the AFC North where it hey, sucks it and up. it hurts. Well, but look, look at you know the Steelers are on. I think the Steelers are on a downslide. Um, they are dwindling. The Ravens. Yeah. They signed Ingram. Oh. I think the Ravens signed Ingram. But Jesus who's God. the wait, Ravens wait. quarterback? I mean, I know it's Flacco, but didn't they just sign no, somebody Flacco, else? No, Flacco. They, uh, they went with yeah, the Flacco's guy. Flacco's on Denver. Kuiper? No, they went with the, the black quarterback yeah. who's uh, mobile. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. yeah. There it is. But he was exposed Jackson. to the playoffs. He was exposed to the playoffs. He can't read a defense. The key the, the key sign a quarterback who can't read a defense is oh as soon gosh. as the backfield crumbles – He's not looking downfield. He's looking for a running lane. Right. And a guy like Carson Wentz is always looking downfield. A guy That's like Drew Brees, yeah. Tom Brady, is looking downfield. If you're Philip looking Rivers. for a running lane, Cunningham looked for the running lane. Yeah, Cunningham did too. Cunningham couldn't read until the they told him not to, and then he got hurt. McNabb could halfway got his dick slapped. Yeah. Well, Bob, you're right though. Knee. You're looking. You're looking at a quarterback like Wentz and Brees. They're always looking <clears throat> to the last split yeah. second. At a pass Wentz, option. His helmet is always downfield, and he's getting chased by a 330-pound maniac who wants to rip, rip his head off and shit down his throat. Who so, can run as fast or faster than he can. Exactly. That's exactly. always the scary part. That, that's faster. how I get when I fight with my wife. She's always looking for like a passing oh lane gosh. to save this. I'm looking for the running lane. I'm like, how the fuck can I get out of here? I'm like, hey, look, look, it's a frog. And turns around and I'm like, look over there. Look over there. Look, it's a guy. Then you just you give her like a quick throat punch to make her think about something. Yeah, you have to. It takes her mind off it. Then, yeah. 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 You got to protect yourself. I mean, yeah, self- we're in the pod <laughs> castle. We can talk our way out with the cops. They usually appreciate a good gesture and a invite on the show. You don't By the way, we have four LAPD officers on the show tomorrow. Tweet us. Before we uh, close yeah, sports with John here, uh, just real quick, the standings in the NBA, which we are approaching the end of the season, playoffs abounding. If they started oh today, the top eight teams in the East, the Bucks, Raptors, Sixers, Pacers, Celtics, Pistons, Nets, and your Miami Heat. Heat. Warriors, Nuggets, Rockets, Blazers, Spurs, Thunder, Jazz, Clippers in the West, and that. Oh, right! Somebody else's face! Oh, Clark just finished.
I'm done now. I mean, it's just mayonnaise. I was eating a turkey sub. Somebody else. Can I? I know, not my own. But somebody oh, else, like a no-name the, person. Oh, there goes the dynamite. <laughs> there goes the dynamite. There goes the TNT. Oh, there goes the dynamite. There goes the oh. oh, there goes the dynamite. I got Barry the rainbow coming in tomorrow. Oh, oh he's coming baby. in sleepover. Oh, oh yeah, creepy sleepover mode. We have to share a bed, tutty whities only. To rule. Nice. Hey, holes to holes. Not my holes rule, to but to rule. Now that now that your, your kid's a little older and you can dump off the kid with the wife, when are we all gonna get together for a little uh, little boys' night out? The three of us, some kind of trip. Some kind of safari. I am uh, going to be planning a trip down there uh, in the near future, so Ooh, stay tuned, John. Great, yes, Clark, you're moving yeah. here, so and that's Clark, perfect. You need to, and we need to coordinate. I'll coordinate with you on that. Uh, yeah, try to let's go, baby. Move us down there. Florida's like the same as California. Let's go, baby. It's so much cheaper. Though. It's cheaper, but yeah, it's uh, kind of incentive. It's yeah. turning into California, though. Oh my gosh! You still have like the crazy Florida oh stuff where unbelievable yeah. crowds. It's not you there yet, but it's unbelievable getting there. wealth. And then you look over and there, oh, oh there's birds. a ducker. We'll fit right in, but yeah, definitely got the court. Let's coordinate. Let's do some coordinates. Yes, I will. Let's coordinate. do it NASA terms too. Like then you and I can not. Like, you and I can approach John with a schedule. Yeah, yeah schedule. The southern gentleman schedule. Tweet us. At the underscore podcast, well, let's go to wrap up the show tonight. Bob, thank you so much for being on the air. We always welcome you back. Yeah, brother. And it was great. Great me. seeing you, man. Come back again soon. Great to you guys. Hope all is well. From the gentleman in charge of the Apollo 7 launch procedural documents, Mr. Bob, to the man in charge of the Apollo 8 launch codes, Jonathan Assinger, to the man in charge of running to a guy. Yeah, yeah, or I'ma get the pad. Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold like yeah. 